actually a key part of how we planted here in Kansas City was the first eight months we lived here, we had 50 families over to our home for meals around our dining room table. And we didn't have anybody in our neighborhood ever say no to us when we invited them over for a meal. And that's not because we're super cool or anything like that. I really think it's that people are longing for friendship and community and to know, be known and to know others. You're listening to the Send Columbus podcast, a conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone. Your hosts are Sin City missionary Chad Grigsby and church planting catalyst Jason Phillips. Welcome back to the Sin Columbus podcast. My name is Jason Phillips, your Columbus church planting catalyst. I've said the whole thing out loud. I'm joined by Chad Grigsby, our <laughs> Sin City missionary. You know, NAM has a lot of acronyms including NAM. So <laughs> like we had a, we had a planter, we were at Sin Network gathering this week and we had a planter who was doing a breakout. And he said, when someone told me to check out NAM to see about being a planter with them, he literally searched it and it pulled up Vietnam. <laughs> Cause he didn't know it was in a Cause there are so many acronyms, but someone without an acronym, you have an acronym Rivers? I don't, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> What is your official title? It is spouse development specialist. So SDS. <laughs> yeah, but nobody says that. <laughs> We're here with the SDS for uh, Sin Network, but we, we do have Rivers with us, Rivers Parton. So Rivers, our first question is really important to the, the content of the podcast, but how did you, how did you get the name Rivers? I mean, from your parents, obviously. Obviously, yeah. But obviously it's a cool, it's a cool name. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's a good question. It's a unique name for sure. Um, it was my grandmother's name and it was her mother's name and it's Cherokee Indian. So interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So you're named after your grandmother. Yeah. Your mom's mom. Yep. Okay. My mom's mom. So you've got, some and I've more. never gone by anything different. And my sisters do not have nautical water names. <laughs> Those are the other questions. Yeah. Your sister's like, it's like rivers, Ocean. Karen and Judy. Yeah. Is that, is right. That no, it is. It's Julia and Samantha rivers, Julia and Samantha. Very normal. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. did you pass on the family name? I did. Our second daughter's name is Lydia rivers. Oh, okay. that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Love Very that. cool. Well, can you tell us a little bit about how you originally got uh, connected to NAM and kind of your church planting journey? Yeah, I would love to. So I actually became a believer um, and was discipled um, in a Southern Baptist church as a teenager. My parents are not believers um, and so have been connected with the SBC since I was a kid and met my husband there and we married and later not as children. Um, <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, I want to bring some clarity there. Um, and we actually served on staff with a couple different ministries, and we were serving on staff um, with Campus Crusade when Dave really, my husband Dave, felt called to plant a church and called up a college roommate of his, his who worked at the North American Mission Board. And said, I think I want to plant a church. Do you have any advice for me? And he said, well, I would encourage you to plant with a sin network. And um, that was in 2014 when he called 2015, early 2015. 
um, really when the SIN network was forming. If you see those green shirts that everybody has and loves, it says established 2015, and that's when we planted. So um, we're You're one of the OGs. Yeah, that's what we said. Care wasn't really around in those beginning days or assessment, or um, we probably wouldn't have made it. So I'm just kidding. No, I, I planted in 2010 and I would not have made it. Officially. Yeah, yeah. I would have been a yellow, maybe a red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. so we're really grateful to be a part of the beginnings, you know, those early stages of Sin Network stuff forming. And we, we planted in Kansas city and, um, our church plant is about five years old. Now, were you wow. from Kansas city? Were you guys in Kansas city when you began the planting process or were you somewhere else? We weren't. So we were in Budapest hungry. And then we were in Pennsylvania serving at a young church plant. Um, and we're originally from Memphis. And so, I mean, How I think a lot we, of planting families I think can relate we did, to the, have we ever had this conversation? We have, I think, cause remember at home week, we were all just chilling in the lobby we were, and then we had like a really, I feel like I remember some of my family's now. all from the Memphis area. Yeah. I don't know how we have yeah what I church did you guys grow up in? Well, we grew up outside of Memphis in Munford. Yeah. We were a part of the Big Hatchie Baptist Association. Nice. Which That's church the name of a river there, the Big Hatchie. <laughs> Which church in Mumford? Beaver Baptist. Yeah. I know these names. It's on Beaver Road. <laughs> yeah. So who was your pastor then? Wade Wallace. Okay. All right. And Shane Hartsfield. So is... Is Dr. Kilpatrick the pastor there at Beaver Baptist now? Do you know? He was for a long time. He's he not was anymore. for a long time. Okay, he so that's after... how I know Beaver Baptist. That's that's crazy. Yeah, he's crazy. a professor at Midwest. yeah at seminary. Unbelievable. Yeah. My yeah. gosh, small we could talk, world, small talk world. forever about Memphis and barbecue. But you moved from a really great barbecue town to another great, really barbecue town. Very true. That was a that was a kind of a requirement. We were like, we want to plant a church, <laughs> God, but it has to be barbecue. somewhere that's good barbecue. No. Yeah, God, you can send me anywhere, but just not anywhere with bad food. So what do you can you tell us a little bit about what you do as the uh, SDS? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, true. This is gonna be a thing now. Yeah, we're just SDS. gonna start calling them SDSs yes. now. That's great. Yeah. Well, um <laughs> I think she hates I, it. <laughs> That's funny. I work for Kathy Litton, who oversees um, all of spouse development for North America. And our team really um, creates um, opportunities for care, encouragement, coaching, and training for um, church planters' wives. Um, and so that looks um, like a variety of things. But one of our big strategies is to identify local leaders and um, call those women advocates, someone who has a deep understanding of church planting life, who has a little bit of margin and some influence in, in her area to come alongside church planters' wives, help get them together, connect them with one another, um, and provide care. So a big part of my job is working with our advocates. Um, and then we also do a bunch of different online. COVID, one of the silver linings was cohorts forming online out of that. Before COVID, honestly, most women didn't gather online for much. Um, that's not anybody's preferred method of getting together. Um, mm -hmm. But COVID did show us that it can work and that we can get together with women from, you know, North Dakota and Columbus and, you know, different parts of Ohio and some from Kansas City too, and get together and realize that we have a lot 
in common because of this thing called church planting that our lives are bound to and um, we can be an encouragement for one another. And so I um, help write and create some content for online cohorts and then help lead those cohorts and um, participate in all of our different regional gatherings and spend as much time as I can with church planters wives. That's yeah, my favorite part. Cause you're also the spouse advocate in Kansas city, correct or no? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. And you were recently, you were in Columbus, right? With our yeah. spouse advocate. Okay. What yeah. did you guys do? So part, part of what we do is we put on retreats, um, in different, um, areas for church planters wives. And we, we try to rent a space that we can hang out together as much as possible. And then we do some teaching and training together, but mostly we just spend a lot of time together. We always try to have some delicious food, like we already established. That's important Mm -hmm. to me. And um, (laughs) one of the, but Kathy and I say this all the time. One of the best things we can do for church planters wives is help them form connections and friendships with one another Um, more than they need me or Kathy or any content we might create. Um, they need one another. And so really a big part of that retreat that Wendy, the advocate there in Columbus and I are big, one of our big goals was just to form community. And so it was really super fun to be there with those ladies. It looked like a great time from the pictures. And I think I saw some tear sheets in the background. So there was some good Nam things. Yeah. Good Nam. I mean, things, it was a yeah. Nam event. So we yeah. had yeah. tear sheets there. Yeah. yeah. That's not a Nam event without tear sheets. That's right. You mentioned your, your love of, of food. What is your favorite kind of food in your favorite KC restaurant? Oh, that's a really good question. I go back and forth between um, two different, it's not barbecue, actually. Mm, Surprise, surprise. Um, We do know Memphis has the best barbecue, right? Huh? Memphis has the best barbecue. We can Actually, I've lived here long enough that I'm a fan. (sighs) I know. Oh, no. Rivers. Okay. Like betraying all my roots. Yeah. Um, I love Middle Eastern food. Think hummus, those kinds of things. So Holy Land Cafe is a little hole in the wall type um, restaurant near my house that I really, really adore. And then I love all tacos. Mm. And I have, there's a new kind of street taco restaurant that just opened near us that I persuade my family to go to at least once a week called Mm. Taco Naco. Sounds delicious. Yeah. We have a really great street taco place called Tula. Oh my we gosh. really like so yeah. good. They have the best churros. I mean, if it's in a pita or a taco form, you're, you're I mean, for it. That's my favorite, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I like tacos. It doesn't even have to be Tuesday. I'm like, what? Same. In fact, we had tacos last night. <laughs> I had tacos house. last night. We did. How about that? On yeah, Wednesday. See? Today. Oh, there you go. There you go. Now I need to have tacos right after. (laughs) (laughs) We do love food too. So we're easy. I'm easily distracted when. Yeah. That's a really fun part of our job is that we get to eat with pastors a lot and pick good restaurants to go to. So Jason (laughs) is the go-to restaurant guy. Like even in, when we were in uh, St. Louis this week, uh, we were traveling with our regional director with Dean and Dean looked at Jason and said, Jason, find us a place to eat. (laughs) I mean, that's it. Like we just they really should have picked says. me though, because right. my first name event that I um, catered for, I, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but the, uh, the restaurant I chose was a place called one one beer kitchen. And that was, <laughs> that was on all your receipts. We, your name yeah. Was yeah. On we, all the receipts. we legit had to ask, like, can we turn it with the name with 
like beer That's on it. Awesome. It just feels wrong. Yeah, there's yeah. no alcohol involved. There was none. But yes, fair enough. The food I, was incredible. I know. Ooh. I know you guys are just like chit chatting, talking about food, but actually, a key part of how we planted here in Kansas yeah. City was the first eight months we lived here. We had 50 families over to our home for wow. meals wow. around our dining room table, and we didn't have anybody in our neighborhood ever say no to us when we invited them over oh. for a meal. And that's not because we're super cool or anything like that. I really think it's that people are longing for friendship and community and to know, be known and to know others. And people really do enjoy food. Yeah, and um, I think it's a really special thing when you can sit down with people and, and share a meal. And I think there's some, some spiritual implications to that too. Like it's vulnerable, right? You're meeting a need physical need that your body has you're inviting someone into your home they get to see how you live how clean or dirty you are how good of a cook you are how bad of a cook you are whatever <laughs> but then also you allow them to bring something and so there's like shared mm. responsibility that you're sharing with one another and so that was a huge part of how we planted was we just ate as many meals with people as we could wow. to build relationships and then towards the end of that eight months kind of asked who's leaning into friendship with us like who are people that wanted kind of wanted to come in or invite us back to their houses who has a spiritual interest and then who's not already going to a bible teaching church and then we invited those people to do a bible study with us in our home and then god grew that to the point where we couldn't fit in our home anymore and then we um launched services and so that's awesome um, I know you're just bringing up food because you love food, but I actually no. love food on so many levels and think it's yeah. a really great way to. Oh, there's so much significance. Food. Think about yeah. the Old Testament. They were always getting ready for a feast right? that yeah. represented some spiritual truth. And you think about Jesus in his last hours of his life, he was having a meal with his disciples. And it's yeah. something that we now celebrate, right? Uh, yeah. Together because of a meal. So yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's cool. That's really neat. So one of the questions we always ask, um, especially our guests who are females, is to help us understand from a planter's wife perspective, what do planters need to know about their wives in planting? Like, what are some of the, the top one to two things that, man, if you could tell the guys, here's what you need to be attentive about, know about when it comes to your wife in church yeah. planting? Such a good question. Well, the first thing I'd say is just like asking that question is really important. Um, mm. as a, as a planter, as a husband, like, Hey, what do I need to know about my wife? Um, and so the first thing I would say is really being a student of her, um, really being aware of what she needs, how she's doing. Mm. Um, and, I, I know early in marriage, Dave and I actually just this morning met with a couple for premarital counseling stuff. And I was sharing with them. I really, we thought each other, we thought we could read each other's minds. And you, after you've been married for like one day, you realize that's not possible and you have to start asking really good questions. Right. And so that would be my first thing is to ask her some really good questions. Um, like, um, and, and this isn't a profound question, but it is profound if you ask it and really leave space for someone to answer it is, how are you really doing, right? And so, and then really leave the space for her to answer that. Um, how's she doing in her emotionally, spiritually, physically, and leaving space? Um, women need to be asked that question. Um, 
I think your wife is very aware of how much is on your plate. And she's very aware of how many squeaky wheels pop up in your life and how many people need your time and your attention. And she wants to be the last one to ask for more of your time. She wants that extra time you have to go to your kids. If you have children, she wants you to feel really prepared to preach on Sunday and feel really good about it. And so for her to ask or say, I'm not doing well is, is actually quite hard for her. And so for you to, to really ask and really want to know the answer is really important. Mm-hmm. Man, that's super good. That is really good. One of the questions I was just thinking about was um, when you were saying that we have a lot of potential planters that listen to this too. And um, in planters who've been planting for a long time, what is something that you knew was going to be difficult about planting? And what's something that you've kind of learned that has been difficult as you've planted? Mm. So something I knew, like I had a, a feeling would be. Yeah. Difficult. Yeah. Um, I knew that us finding balance and margin would be difficult. I think, um, there's enough written about church planting or you, you, you're around church planters for two seconds and you realize that they're pretty busy folks. And so I knew that finding balance and margin and downtime, part of that is also my own wiring. Um, so understanding myself, understanding Dave, I knew that would be hard for us. And it's something we would need to be really intentional about. I think something um, that surprised me, is that what you said? Or something I wasn't 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 expecting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. I have a couple. I'm trying to decide which one. You can say both. You're allowed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, good. Um, It's like those questions, what's your favorite movie of all time? And then you're like, I can't answer it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I was really surprised, um, honestly, how many things that I, and this is very, this is, this is me. This is not everyone's going to be everyone's answer. I wanted to be a part of every little thing. Mm -hmm. And I really had to obviously realize like, you cannot do all the things, know about all the things and be a part of all the things. Um, and so that was, that was kind of surprising for me. I went into it knowing I needed to work on balance and margin, but I was, I was very surprised how much I wanted to be a part of everything that was going on with the plant. And then, sorry, that's me beeping there. And then I think the other thing that was a really, really pleasant surprise for me was how much our kids, we have four kids. Um, Joy's about to be 16, Lydia's 13. Melody is 11 and Jackson just turned 10. Um, How much our kids are a part of so much and get to use their gifts in ways that I don't think they would get the opportunity to do in a really established church that has a lot of really gifted adults serving. Mm. And like, for instance, our 16 year old and I team teach um, second through fourth graders together. And like, she is a great little Bible teacher. And I think if we were in like a big, big church, we probably wouldn't have been like as desperate for kids teachers to where I was like, guess what, Joy, you want to teach with me, you know? And so that's been super fun to watch her use her gifts. And, um, 
our other kids and most, most of you who serve in church plant, you know, your kids are, you know, they're, Oh, here, stand here and hand out these papers. Uh, like uh, they get pulled, sucked in or pulled into to yeah. doing things. Um, but it's been really be a beautiful thing to watch um, them use their gifts and ways and be shaped and formed by being a part of a plant as a kid. I love that. Yeah. I, I love have, that too. I have two questions kind of to follow up. The first one was from your first question. How did you kind of discern or find what your actual place was mm. in the midst of your church plant, knowing that you wanted to yeah. kind of be involved in everything? Mm, yeah. And like I said, that some of that, like some, I think some guys listening, they're going to be like, okay, that's definitely not my why, you know, but that, that is the, at the heart of one of those great questions that a planter could ask his wife or help his wife discover is mm -hmm. where are your gifts and how, where do you want to plug in? Cause we're all called to serve in the church, right. whether we're married to a planter or not as believers, we need to, um, where we want to be serving and, and loving in the church. And so, um, that's such a good question is, and, and really hard to discern sometimes where are my gifts? Because as a couple, the, for the planting couple, they care about all the things, right? They've most likely moved, given up stable jobs, taken a lot of risks, right? So they care about all the areas, but at the end of the day, you can only serve in so many areas. And so discerning, discerning where your gifts and the most gifted are takes um, a lot of conversations with people and a lot of knowing and understanding yourself. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, and it changes, it changes yeah. over time too. So for me, I'll just, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about my own journey in the last five years of planting. Um, I, I, I've always known that I wasn't like the kids ministry person. That wasn't my, I wasn't thriving for the most part when I was there, but my kids were younger and that I was spending a lot of time with women, with younger kids. And I cared deeply about there being really solid gospel-centered things offered to kids in our church. And so that's where I found myself serving a lot, but I didn't always love it. Sometimes I resented it. And I think that's a good indicator. Like if you're spending a lot of time doing something and you're not enjoying it and you start to resent it, you might be serving outside of your lane, right. Or outside of your giftedness. And so, um, actually about six months ago, I said to Dave, I'm just barely doing this. Okay. Not doing it well. And this one that I've been discipling is on my radar and I'd like to challenge her to take over our kids ministry stuff. And she took it over and has made it like a hundred times better. And I've just, I just am watching her and I'm like, that's what it's like when someone's serving in their giftedness in their sweet spot or their lane, so to speak. And I mean, it's just brought so many things to life. And so that's one way for me that helps me know like, oh, I care about this deeply even, but I'm not enjoying doing it. Not that everything is fun, but I'm not enjoying doing it. And I'm, I'm feeling feelings of resentment crop up even, um, because it's taking away from time of something I'd rather be doing and that I feel passionate about. So, um, that's one way for me to help discern where to spend my time. I, um, have a lot. I like starting new things. 
And so that's kind of where I've landed at our plant is I am the person who's kind of regularly having these ideas of things we should start and do, which some people love, <laughs> some people hate. Um, but I've landed there and then with, with women. So I'm spending time doing women's ministry at our plant. That's awesome. And then my second question was, um, how did you as a family kind of cultivate and help your kids discover what they were passionate about and how they could use their gifts in their church plant? Yeah, that's such a good question. And I feel like we're still very much learning that. Like for instance, with joy, I, um, just needed, we always want there to be two people in the room with kids and we uh, had a blank spot. And so I kind of just roped her into it because I was like, I think she's a great teenager and I love spending time with her. So I'm going to rope her into this. And then one week there was a kiddo, um, that asked a question and she answered him, like, didn't hesitate. She just answered him and she explained it really well. And I was like, look at that. So, so part of how I would answer that is say, just being around your kids and noticing what they're good at and what they're doing and what they're, what they like to do. Um, um, as planters kids, our kids get dragged to a lot of ministry events and a lot of things. Um, but notice the ones that they enjoy being at or the ones they want to help. And kids, kids are so great at asking, can I help? Especially there's this like sweet age where they really want to help and want to be a part. And so just take notice of what they're want to help with and what they want to be a part of. Um, my 13 year old, um, also likes kids, but isn't as interested in helping in kids ministry, you know, (laughs) like she's, she's like, I'd rather help with sign, you know, the kids sign the check-in station. Like that's her jam, you know? Um, so I think just noticing and giving them opportunities to try things and then try them for a short season and be able to step out of them. It's not a lifelong commitment or, or whatever. So that'd be a few. That's really good. So you brought it up earlier. What is your favorite movie of all time? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to really answer? Heck yeah. Okay. Said it was Um, the hardest question to answer. So I was like, I got to circle back on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. My favorite movie of all time is actually It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) It's my classic answer because people do ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. You got that. Glad that you have an answer. If somebody asked me, I would be like, oh, I don't know. that's my answer. I did just recently watch Dune and I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were just, ta- yeah, talking, we were just about talking about Dune. About Dune. Lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The music was beautiful. There's going to be more of those too, aren't there? Yeah. Several more. Yeah. <laughs> those are very different movies from one another. <laughs> <laughs> they, are, they are very different. Imagine Jimmy Stewart in right. Dune. Yeah. That would be really. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, my last question kind of to round things out is for planters who are listening or planters' wives are listening, and maybe they're not connected to some of the things that NAM and SIN Network are offering uh, for wives in in our city, what would be your encouragement to them? And maybe could you express just what the value is and their participation in those things? Yeah, yeah. Um, So... Well, first I'll start with a few, like a few things that we're offering planters wives would be local retreats, um, things like SIN network gatherings, um, your city team, um, in Columbus is hosting things like date nights and family events, those things. Um, I would encourage you, it's always, uh, kind of a scary thing to do to go to something by yourself as a planter's wife 
for the first time. And so going to some of those things together as a couple can be a really great starting point in order for you to get to know other planters, but also your wife to get to know other planters' wives. And so really be intentional to um, go to those events that your city is offering and go to them with intention of getting to know other planters. Um, the, very, the very best thing for Dave and I has been to have other planting couples in our city that we know and that we can reach out to when we need help or just have a, have a question or um, need encouragement or want to spend time with somebody that um, doesn't have an expectation from us. And so that's been, it's been very significant for us to have relationships with other planting couples in our city. And most of my friendships with other planters' wives started because we were at one of those couples events. Mm. Um, and then, then when I got an invitation for a wives event, it didn't feel quite as scary. It was like, oh, I know Megan Clow and she, I'm going to text her and see if she's going to be there. And then, um, it makes those events feel a little safer, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but then also that know that other planting wives, other planting couples, other planting wives need you. Um, some of you have a lot to offer younger planting couples or even planting couples that are further down the road than you. Um, so it's not just a like, Hey, go to that because you need it, but, um, be there because others in your city need you and need to hear what God's doing in, in your church plant and celebrate with you and be encouraged that God can do that in your church plant too, or, um, vice versa. So, yeah, really good. Rivers, thank you so much for taking time to hang out with us after a very busy week in St. Louis. I know uh, for Sin Network gathering, but it was a blast. Enjoyed, yeah, enjoyed getting to visit with you. Thank you guys. Appreciate all you do. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And remember, every church is a multiplying church in the making.